0: more time, just lift your hands all across the building as an offering unto Him. God, I surrender heart, mind, and spirit before the Word of God ever comes. God, I surrender my heart, my mind. Speak to me here today. Speak to my heart today. God bless you, Sunday school, you're dismissed. Got your Bibles, Job chapter 14. kind of vulnerable up here even though I, I kind of loosen it. But it's neat just every so often to come together and just you know what this this is our home this is our church we're not trying to do something crazy we're just trying to bring unity and excitement through wearing t-shirts and having a special day. I'm looking forward to the harvest or I say harvest the trunk or treat and uh, I'm praying that many from the community come I want to see a lot of kids out here I'll be quite honest with you I've got a very clear agenda if I can get to the kids I can get to the mom and the daddy and I'm trying to make a contact with them everything we do is to reach the harvest and to help people so many people are hurting out there and they feel like there's no answer for their life situation. Well, this writer in Song of Solomon's Ecclesiastes, they, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that you could ever face in principle that hasn't already been faced before. They might have a new, you know, they say, the same devil, just a different costume or outfit. Well, Still, the principle's the same. If we understand the principles of the Word of God, then there's nothing that you and I cannot face that we can't overcome. It's all in His Word. Job chapter 14. <clears throat> Job chapter 14 and verse 7. <clears throat> For there is a hope <clears throat> of a tree. If it be cut down... That it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth. And the stalk thereof die in the ground. Through the scent of water it will bud. And bring forth boughs like a plant. Through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth. I want to talk to you today, preach to you from simple, simple thought. God's ready to bring it forth. God's ready to bring it forth. If you would, just lift your hands one more time. I know you've already prayed. But just one more time for that one that's just kind of hanging on the edges this morning. Maybe on the fringes. I make another appeal. Just surrender to him today. I promise you his way is a whole lot better than you doing it your way. Jesus, I'm asking you today by the sign of the lifting of a hand, God, take note of it in the heart of your people, that it's a sign of surrender and yielding to the word of God and the spirit of the almighty God. I ask you here today in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. God is a a gentleman. God will never push himself on you when you don't want it. The challenge is, and the challenge especially in this day and and hour, is to somehow believe that God really is wanting to do something for you or for me. Our minds are so inundated with uh, media. Uh, And if it's not media, it's the past. It's situations of yesterday, It's uh, there's nobody here, I mean I could preach sermon after sermon, Sunday after Sunday, and never really even scrape the bottom of... The element of people's past and how much of a hindrance it is to their future. I'm talking about situations and circumstances that uh, were not conducive to a comfortable living. Maybe with uh, your walk with God it was a struggle. And because of this you're still bearing the scar, the wound or the, the residue of what took place at that moment. I'm not going to focus here on the past today because I believe God is a God of present future. That God is always trying to show you and I I'm a present help in a time of trouble today and I'll be your help tomorrow. That doesn't matter what you face tomorrow and somehow I can cut the, the cords and the tethers of yesterday and say you know what it rains on the just and the unjust. I got good days and bad days but I understand it all. God is still good and if I can keep my faith in the right perspective god will bring forth what you're asking him for if you're asking him for peace god's ready to bring it forth if you're asking for hope god's ready to bring it forth and it don't matter what you faced yesterday god's not bankrupt god's not at a deficit god hasn't lost what you think he's lost you and i have lost it but god's standing at the threshold ready to pour out on you and uh, whatever we need Oh, I feel the help of God in this place today. I can't help but just get a little excited because I've been in those places where there was no way out and it was a wall that was thicker than I could drill through and I couldn't see on the other side but I knew one thing was sure. His strength and help was gonna be there for me and I might as well get glad in it sad sack eyes as woe is me but God is for you and I no matter what you and I have done Uh, I told her coming into to church today I I gave her a scripture Psalms 37 I wanted to to read the whole uh, thing once I got in my office and thought no it's just it's too much takes up too much time to, to read it all but the scripture we quote all the time, the steps in Psalms thirty-seven twenty-three. the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his law. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Some things you and I go through was not meant to destroy us. It was meant to take away things we didn't need. And whether we like it or not, God has a way of cutting some things down. Job paints it in such a way, many times in scripture references, you will find that it talks about a tree is is equating man Psalms 1 and 3, Psalms, uh, uh, Jeremiah 57 and 8, I think it is, Psalm 57 and 8, it's equating a tree with man, and what he's trying to say is, is man gets in a position that God decides to cut away, cut down something you and I don't need. If we don't understand the process, we get frustrated. We get upset. We get uh, almost to a point with God that we, we look at all of this and say, well, God just don't understand what I'm going through. Your, your divinity, you, you don't understand it. Well, I got scripture for that. He's touched by the feelings of your infirmity. He knows how you feel. He was human just like you and I. He knows what it's like to be forsaken. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be lied upon. He knows what it's like to to stand there all alone and feel like you're isolated and by yourself. He knows just what you feel. That's why he came in the flesh. But just as much as he suffered and went through what he went through did not change the fact that the will of God kept moving forward. And God was trying to bring forth a greater purpose through what he went through. Job went through so many. He lost family. He lost his kids. He lost his finances. He lost his health. He lost it all. But in the midst of it all, Job 14 and 6 begins to make a very clear parallel. He says, man's like a tree. And God comes down at times and seasons and cuts away things and cuts it down to literally it seems like you have nothing left but a stump. My marriage is in a place of it's in a slump, not a stump. It's in a place where it's just never going to change. My family's never going to change. And you look at all the things you lost, when really God was trying to show you and I, I've got something I'm wanting to give you, but I got to take this out to put that in because if that stays there, I don't have room to give you what you want. I want more peace. Well, God's got to take something out to give you that more peace. I want more joy. Well, God's got to take something out to give you that element of joy. Could God instantaneously give it No. yes and no. Sure, it's a moment, yes. But more times than not, Brother Kyle, Brother Sean, God lets you go through a process like Job went through. And what Job understood with it was, Job was at a place where even when he spoke these words in Job, he says it again in like 19, him speaking of his hopelessness of the situation. He's speaking of how hopeless the circumstance is and that it seemingly would never change and he equates that hopelessness with the cutting away of what he once had but we are so traditional we are so habitual we are so methodical that anything we lose that we are comfortable with we look at it and go oh I don't know if I can rebound from this one I don't know if I can overcome this situation. I don't know if I can overcome this betrayal. I don't know if I can overcome the fact that I've been praying earnestly and God still ain't moved in my life like I needed him to move. You might be in the place where God's cutting it down to a stump because what you think you need, you really don't need. What you think and depend upon so much it's what you really don't need because he's wanting to be the one that you depend upon. He's wanting to be the one that you turn to. Not that drug, not that substance abuse, not this or he can, I still declare today, God wants to heal the mind, but you gotta let him heal your mind. As long as you and I stay in the position God just don't want it to do nothing for me. I'm I'm not good enough. I'm not. Let's look at Nebuchadnezzar. Stay right there, Sister Beth or Lexi, whoever back there. Say, Nebuchadnezzar, I love his story. Here's Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel chapter 4. Go home and read it. Be a good read. It's really easy to understand. It's not some big deep or, 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 or prophetic understanding. It's just something real simple. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is there. He Daniel's got favor with Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel gets called in by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar says, "I had a dream." He said, "And I don't understand the dream. I need you to help me. I need you to help me understand what's going on." Daniel, who was in had favor with the king, Because in Daniel 2, he had just went in and said, let me interpret this dream for you. It was of a man. The head was gold and the body, it broke down in all the different metals. So for that dream, Daniel just got, I mean, he bingo, man, it was great. He just told Nebuchadnezzar, your head is the top or you're the top and it's gold. Now the second time Daniel goes back in, it's not so easy. Because now the dream that he's going to have to tell the king It's not going to be a pleasant dream. There are some times in me and your life, we hear things that are good and they feel good and it makes us want to shout. But then there's other times that God's got to come to you and I and tell us the truth and say, you can't keep doing that. You can't keep living like that. If you do, you're just going to suffer. There's something going to happen in your life. There's two types of suffering. Suffering that we did and brought on ourselves, or suffering that God allowed that we didn't have nothing to do with, but God's trying to make something in our life. And your first priority should be look introspectively and say, did I do this to myself? And Daniel has the task to go to Nebuchadnezzar and tell him, Something that's not going to be pleasant to the hearing of Nebuchadnezzar. And he begins to tell him, Nebuchadnezzar, because you have established yourself, you've done some great things. You were like a tree, he compares him to in Daniel 4. He said, you're like a tree that provided covering to many animals, beast of the field. He said, and also that tree gave fruit. So we see that the good that Nebuchadnezzar did, God says, okay, great, but there's only one problem with all your good. You didn't give God the credit for what you did. You allowed yourself to take the credit and where you were a great covering and you did great things and you were the gold and the head, you did all these things. You never let God. So because of that, Daniel says the dream is this. For seven days you're going to revert to a beastly mindset. Claws and and spittle and literally what he's telling him, let me put it in our vernacular. Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind for seven days. See, many people think, man, God's love and yes he is. But we don't look at the other side of it that God will let us go through suffering to the point of literally losing our mind to try to get us to realize I've got something I want to bring forth in your life. I got something I want to do for you. I I want to bring something forth, but I can't bring forth what I want with what you got. There's some things in your spirit that I need to kind of work on. There's some things in your mind that I need to work on. And Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind for seven days. Some people even have said, there's a term for it. And I know it's uh, Halloween and goblins and all this kind of stuff. But we talk about werewolves. Just don't exist. It's just stupid. But there's a term That when people lose their mind, they begin to do the things of animals. And many of them say that what happened in Nebuchadnezzar, and I want you to get this. God would do this? Why would God literally come down and like a switch go, you're going to be crazy for seven days. Don't nudge your husband and wife right now. Just look at me. Don't look at them right now. I see some of you looking now. I ain't praying and I ain't counseling. Not today. (laughs) And God just in a switch goes. You know how it happened? Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel gave him the dream and the prophecy. And in the closing chapter of, chapter 4 of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar steps out, out to his rooftop. He had, if I'm not mistaken, Brother Bush, and I'll go back and find it. But I think he had 12 months to process the word of God from Daniel. And he stood out on the top of his roof one day at the end of that 12. And he said, look at the great kingdom that I built for myself. And the Bible says that as soon as he said it, a voice responds and immediately it changed. Because there was something in him and at that moment the switch happened and he lost his mind for seven days because he wouldn't give God praise for the works of God. Folks, I can't explain to you why God does what he does I don't understand why God lets mental illness come. I don't understand why God lets physical illness come. I do the sin factor in the beginning. It all came from that. I don't understand why this one has it and this one's healed. This one's not healed. This one's fixed. This marriage is restored. That marriage is not. I can't explain that to you. All I can tell you is what God did with Nebuchadnezzar. And I don't want to be what Nebuchadnezzar did. I don't want to be that one and look and say, look at what I've done. Look at my family. I did this. No, no, no. The grace of God stayed with my family. The grace of God stayed with our church. The grace of God and the hand of God. And I'm going to praise him for what he's done. And he stood that day, declared what he had done, unto himself and in that moment pride took over and that pride that was in Nebuchadnezzar's heart God says you now will become that beast for seven days and he ran outside on all fours like a beast you know we got that today really truthfully last time I heard we got people they're letting their kids act like things. If a kid wants to be a dog, he can be a dog. If he wants to be a cat, he can be a cat. Come on, folks and we're ascribing all this mental illness to all this stuff, what if it's just something that God is allowing because he's trying to bring man back to an understanding? You can't make it without God. I don't care how much medicine you got. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how strong you are. Without God, you and I can't make it. And we might as well just surrender to him and give in before things get worse. Never forget old brother guy, he'd always come, Bill. And when we, man, he'd come preaching faith, he preached faith. But there were those few moments he'd come into that church service and he'd walk up. He was a prophet of God, real prophet, not one of these wannabes. He was a real God prophet. I can tell you things, brother guy told me, my Lord. He'd go to that pulpit, he'd say, I'm gonna tell somebody here tonight. I see crushing steel, I see things breaking, I see a car wreck coming if you don't get your life straight. See, we don't want to hear that. We'd rather hear that everything's okay and everything's going to be. I'm telling somebody here today, God's cutting us down to a stump not to hurt us or to kill us, but there's a scent of water that's fixing a breeze and blow towards you that what you think is over and dead and what you lost is not God looking at you going, I don't believe in you, I don't care about you, but it's him cutting away what you don't need that he can resurrect something he needs. It's about his kingdom and it's about his cause. And I'd watch sometimes in those services and you'd see a response by some those with a tender heart but then you'd see some Brother Lynn they never they wouldn't move and something would happen you know it didn't have to come to that it didn't have to be that Nebuchadnezzar didn't have to be like that you didn't have to go to the top and toot your own horn that you were the great Nebuchadnezzar It didn't have to be that way. But God says, and this is how wonderful God is. God said, but even though I'm going to cut this down to a stump. Go read Daniel 4. His prophecy was, it's going to be a stump and I'm going to put a band of iron and brass around the stump. And here's what it speaks of. That no matter what you lose and God cuts out of your life, God still puts value on you and will protect the stump that it won't be totally wiped away. This is why I have hope for a backslider. That though they may be cut down in life, things have come, they've lost jobs, they got problem after problem after problem after problem. It gives me hope because here's the thing. If the seed is in that stump or there's still a root in that stump, all it takes is one wind blowing. The word scent comes from the root word roash, It means to blow or to breathe, to move. So if we can get the spirit of God to blow again, to move in a church service again, this is why we praise God. This is why we worship God. This is why we lift our hands. Why? Because we want God to know, God, if you want to move in this place, you can move in this place because there's people that have a stump in their life, but there's still life. There's still ministry. There's still anointing. There's still a marriage. There's still purpose. Something more, he said, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm gonna put a band around the stump. Speaking of God's protection over what's left, here's what I want you to see today I want you to see that no matter what you lose, whether it be trust in a marriage, whether it be your kids, whether it be your prayer life, whether it be your walk with God. Whether it be your mind, as long as there's a still a stump, a piece left. You say, Brother Benoit, the last time I checked, weeds grow around a stump. And what the enemy's done for many of us, and now here's one thing, I, I, I ain't no horticulturist. Y'all know what that is? I ain't too sure, but it just sounded good something with greenery (laughs) but I think last time I checked I ain't never seen weeds as tall as the ceiling I I don't know about you if you have please come tell me and I'll be wrong but I ain't never seen last time I seen weeds it may be about that high here but somehow nature has a way to keep them well see here's what the enemy's done for you and I he's made us Blind by the weeds of distraction That you can't even see There's still a stump in there You can't even see that there's still something there Go read He says that it'll sprout again The tender branch will not cease Uh, Go back one more Was it six or seven? Go back real fast To six And then go seven and eight No, go back to seven That's good Seven's where it starts And then eight Go to eight Though the root may wax old. I don't know about you. I got one of them Sega palms. I hate them things. (laughs) They're horrible. You can't kill them. And a crepe myrtle ain't much better. And that Sega palm, I uprooted. I dug it by the roots. Pulled the bulb out, Brother Bushnell. And then inevitably, out of nowhere, after about that much mulch on top, that little Sega thing, it just sprouts up about the size of my finger. And I'm like, you know good roundup is on you in a minute there ain't nothing left I pulled the bulb out though the root decays and you don't see nothing on top but an old stump surrounded by weeds you don't see your kids coming to church you don't see your marriage being remedied I'm going to say it again though you can't have remedy without Jesus And let me make it real understandable today. You're never going to be healed in your mind till you come to Jesus. You're never going to see a miracle till you come to Jesus. You can come to church and pacify your conscience and we're glad you're here and we'll give you a mug and a bag and some candy canes. But you hear me, your life's never going to change until I come to the feet of Jesus. And if I can come to him, something's going to move on the stump. Something's going to move in the root system. And what you think is dead is going to be revived and resurrected. Say, but you don't understand. My family's real hard, it's in my DNA. My daddy was real hard, it's in my DNA. You don't understand, my mama beat me, it's in my DNA for me to be mean and for me to be hard and be to hate. That's what my family was and is. I don't care if it's an oak tree, I don't care if it's a cypress tree, a tree that may be cut down to nothing at the scent of water. Now, last time I checked, I can't smell water. Now, you might taste the difference in water, but I ain't, I mean, I smell bad water, but you put three good glasses of good water, there ain't no scent coming off of the water that I can smell. Now, maybe my nose is broke, but I don't get that. What are you saying, Benoit? Here's what I'm saying. God can bring things into your life that your five senses ain't going to pick up. God's going to bring something into your life and change something in you that you ain't got no idea. You can't see it coming. You can't smell it coming. You can't hear it coming. You might not even feel it coming. But if you'll take that sixth scent, sixth sense, and you let that sixth one of faith, every man's got a measure of faith and say, I can't see it coming. I can't smell it. I can't hear it. I can't see it. I can't feel it. But faith says it's coming. God's about to bring forth something in my life that I've never, I'm telling somebody, it may look dead your kids may look dead your family may look dead and God's cut it down to a stump but that stump's gonna resurrect itself by the power of the spirit of God But if I keep looking at the weeds I'm helping somebody right now I know this is an unpolished I've never preached this message in my life But I'm telling somebody what I know in the Holy Ghost. You're looking at the weeds. You're looking at all the the ugly weeds. See, you used to have a picket fence and everything was great. Life was great 30 years ago. Life was great 40 years ago before my kids went crazy. Life was great 20 years ago before my spouse went crazy. Life was great 30 years ago before that church went crazy. Life was great 20 years ago before that preacher went crazy. Whatever it is, you're looking at the weeds. And I'm trying today by the help of the Holy Ghost To pull back some weeds And say listen to me I see a stump right here I see your marriage being revived I see your kids coming I see your prayer life changing I see you walking with God I see your mind being healed I see oh come on somebody Jesus didn't get 100% I know I'm not going to either But to him that hath an ear Let him hear by the ear of faith God's working for me Working for me, and I know that no matter what I face, God is going to help me. God's going to help me. And you say, Well, my kids ain't here today, my family's not here, my marriage is not where it needs to be, my finances are here's what the Bible says sow the seed, water the seed. And God gives the increase. You can't make it grow. You can't make them come. You can't make them live for God, Brother Ed. But I tell you what you can do. If we'll sow the seed, and we did. But if we'll water it now with prayer and we'll seek God and say God that seed's in them now I, I, I'm praying right now I sow the seed in them right now. God now I'm watering it with prayer and I'm not going to give up and we'll be fervent in our prayer and say God I'm not giving up until you give us increase God I raised them on the pew I raised them in church God I did everything I could to do right but yet the life sent them a curveball that they weren't expecting it had nothing to do with a mom it had nothing to do with a daddy it had to do with just the downside of life but if you I can understand if there's breath in their body there's seed in their spirit God will give an increase and God will bring forth what he's asked even though there's just weeds and you can't see it when that wind begins to blow those weeds begin to lay down they begin to fold They don't go down for good. They pop right back up. It's the tears. They won't bend. They'll maybe lay, but they're going to come right back. Because it's my job and your job to make sure that God, whatever I've lost in my life, God, if it's for the good of your kingdom, then I'm glad I lost it. But if it's something of my own accord, then God, I'm asking you today, help me and bring back what I lost. He said, at the scent of water the smell no the root word is blow something moves to Nebuchadnezzar after seven days this is how good God is brother Sean after seven days Nebuchadnezzar got his mind back and here's what I get from that folks that if you and I Struggle in the mind. It may seem like you're losing your mind. But God had an ability of bringing it back. And Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind for seven days. But when God said enough is enough. He got his mind back. And you want to hold it. You know what he did? He praised God. What he didn't do in the beginning. See, these things, Sister Dean, come not because God wants to destroy us, He wants to perfect our praise that our praise is no more I love you Jesus, I praise you Jesus but it's I know now why I praise you, you healed my mind, you touched my family you touched my body you helped me God when I didn't have nowhere to turn, I'm telling you God's ready to bring forth something for somebody, it may look dead today, it may look like it'll never change today but I'm telling you with the sin of water that's in this place today God can heal your mind spirit you're looking at the weeds you're looking at the decayed stump and I'm telling you there's been a band around you all along it's protected you when you should have gone crazy matter of fact some of us have gone crazy to some degree maybe not clinically you understand I feel there's been times where the now, I thought I was losing my mind my body I, I just feel like I'm, I'm, my body's on fire because I can't I'm trying to comprehend what in the world's going on and what's taking place and what's going to happen and I know what I got to do but my mind is struggling against me and there's a torment against the mind but yet in the end of it all I kept my faith I stayed in position and I said God you've never left me and forsaken me and you're not about to start now and I felt the touch to my mind I felt a touch you can't deny that testimony you can say all you want God will never I'm here to declare to you God will if you and I can put our faith in him he can do anything y'all get ready I'm close. and when the sin began to move Job testified. My hopelessness left. I'm preaching to a mom and a daddy here today. You feel so hopeless with your situation, circumstance. I'm not telling you you're Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not telling you you have pride. You determine that. You introspectively look at yourself and say, God, I'm here to tell you that whatever Nebuchadnezzar did, God gets in the end and says... I'm still going to change it. Job. Job said I'm hopeless. But yet he was understanding something. If I can get that move. Happening of the wind. If that sin of water. Can come, can get to moving again. Brother Daryl. If there be just one seed, one root system in that stump, something can come alive. I'm telling you, I smell, and I know, again, I said earlier, but let me use it metaphorically. I smell some water coming to somebody. And I'm telling you what it is. Jesus said, I'm living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, I'm the one." Wa-. He's wanting to bring something to you and I. But we've got to say, okay, God, I realize it. This thing is dead but it's dead for a reason you're ready to resurrect something that well I gave you what I felt in the Holy Ghost for somebody I could take you to Isaiah 33 verses 24 20 23 24 and on Isaiah 11 verse 1 where Jesus is referred to it says the Israel was a tree They got cut down because they wouldn't follow him. But then he said, but there's going to be something that's going to spring forth out of Judah. What sprang forth? Jesus Christ. (sighs) So what seemingly was dead for Israel... God says, "Uh-uh. You may think it's dead, but something that's going to come out of it's going to be new life that you can't see. I'm telling somebody again, you can't see it, you can't smell it. Your five senses are letting you down because you can't figure out how God's going to do it. I'm telling you today, in the Holy Ghost, if there's still a stump and there is, all it takes is one sin of that water to breathe across that stump, and that new sprout's going to come up, new life's going to come up, hope's going to come up, strength's going to come up. But you got." let the Holy Ghost do it in your life stand with me Paul got in a shipwreck lost everything when he told them what to do they said I'd rather listen to the captain of the boat because he's more experienced in the natural Paul said you'd rather listen to the experienced natural dude Instead of listening to the dude that's connected to heaven, the preacher, Paul. He said, okay, have it your way. And the ship crumbles. And the Bible says that they made it to shore on pieces of the boat. I'm telling some of you here today, again, I told you, this ain't no homiletic, hermeneutic, ain't none of that. I'm just, I'm giving you what I feel from my gut in the spirit of God And what he has for somebody today. Your life, your situation is in pieces. I look across this crowd. Some of you I have knowledge. Some of you I don't. The dumb ones I don't have natural knowledge. I've got spiritual knowledge. So I'm going to go to twofold. I'm going to speak to a self-righteous group that says I got it all together. That's not true. You don't. Your kids are lost. So you ain't got it together and you're not perfect. And then I speak to this one here that your life is broken and you realize it. So together. Whether it be I figure I got it together or I know I don't. I'm preaching to both groups. We're all in pieces. I don't know what I'm doing. Y'all think, I, I mean, pastor, man, he knows what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. I just know that if I pray and fast and see God, he'll tell me. I do it with everything of God. And you know what? He does, Brother Adam, he'll speak to me tell Like today. And I know there's some people that are hanging on the pieces of the board. Kyle, the waves are carrying you. But you see, here's what you gotta remember: if all you have is one piece, you got all you need to make it to shore. If all you got is one, like right now. Right now, let's just be real. Right now, if you feel just a slight In your heart of, I can do this. Here's the deal. Tomorrow you're still going to have the same problem. It may change. But if you can take the little wind that you feel right now. I promise you, when tomorrow comes, you will overcome tomorrow. If you can take advantage of what you've got today. And a stump, a board. Just take the one piece you got. And just love Him. And say, God, whatever I lose for your kingdom. Paul said it like this. Well, May Brother Bush help me quote it. What I count for Him is gain. But anything I lose, it's dung. Basically saying, anything I got, it ain't worth. It. But anything I have for God, that's all that matters. Your kids worshiping with you. Your marriage being whole. Folks, there's nothing else that really matters that God just brings forth that he has for you. And I lift your hands all across this building right now. Jesus, you see the heart of every individual. You see the battle, the struggle, the storms of life that has hit everybody in this building. God, there's nobody exempt from me as the preacher. God, the storms have hit me. They've hit my family. They've hit our church family. But today... You're telling us, Lord, if there's a stump left, you can do anything with what's left. I'm asking you today, let the sin of water begin to be revived. Let something revive that stump here today, God, and let new hope, new trust, new peace, new joy in families and homes. I'm going to ask today right now, families with families. If you don't have a family member here today, come. and We still want you to come, but I want families. I want you to grab your family. Come on, grab them. Husbands, wife, grab your families. Come on, grab them. If your kids are with you, come on. Come on, come on. There's nobody exempt. If you don't have your family here with you, it's okay. It's okay. I still want you to come. I want everybody to come because you're part of our family. You're part of the church family. You're here today, so you're our family. There's nobody exempt. But today, there's going to be a wind that's going to blow in this altar here in a moment. And some of you are going to feel a hope that you haven't felt in a long time for your family, for relationships and situations. I'm going to tell you again, the finances may change, your health may change, the miracle may come. But what God's looking for today is can you love him regardless of him doing it or not? And if you can show him that today, I tell somebody you're one step closer to God doing a miracle this week before the week's up. Lift your hands right now across this building. Come on, pray right now. Family, pray one another. Pray. Come on, I'm telling you, there's a wind that's beginning to build right now. It's going to move in this altar today. A wind of hope and peace and strength. Homes and families and marriages. Come on, don't you quit now. Don't you throw in the towel now. God's been too good and too faithful to you. The seed's in you. Now let that seed revive that seed break forth and spring up again, again, again. It was once in you. Let it happen again. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you again. Come on, let that tongue go again. Let God fill you with the Holy Ghost again. Come on, backslider. Let God fill you with the Holy Ghost again. Come on, let God, again. Come on let God fill you with the Spirit again. Come on, I'll just ask him, God, forgive me of what I've done. Forgive Let me, my, my shame. Time, you'd still be-